Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is another podcast of World Wide Wave, the international LGBT news and current affairs show, every week on Australia's first LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. Surfing the globe, bringing you news, views and current affairs for the LGBT community, this is the World Wide Wave. This is World Wide Wave, Joy's international news and current affairs show for and by the LGBTI community. We love taking you around the globe one queer story at a time. Andrew's just joining me right now for World Wide Wave yeah, in the Pride everybody. Centre. Uh, it's about time. On Sunday night, Singapore's Prime Minister made an announcement that the government will repeal the colonial-era law that bans consensual sex between men, the gross indecency laws. The news was celebrated locally and applauded internationally. But there's a catch that has some in the LGBT community concerned and angry. It has been a hard-fought victory with years of court challenges, political advocacy and pink dot protests. We reached out to a great friend of the show to see how this announcement was received and what it all means going forward. We are joined tonight by Young Fa Liao, the Executive Director of Uga Chugga LGBT Counselling Service in Singapore. Here's a taste of what's coming up tonight. I think many of us are just relieved, absolutely relieved, uh, for, for some of my colleagues who have been doing this for more than 15 years, well, I can imagine how relieved and exhausted they must be, as many of us are relieved and exhausted. And that mixture of, perhaps for some of us as well, uh, gratitude and, and hopefulness. For many years, the government of Singapore has resisted removing the colonial-era sodomy laws from their books. They said Singapore was a conservative society, or it wasn't the right time, or the community was not yet ready, or we don't enforce the law anyway. The excuses ended this week when the Prime Minister announced the contentious law would be repealed. Young Faliao, the Executive Director of Uga Chuga, LGBT Counselling Service, has been on the front line of dealing with the results of this law. We spoke to Young Fa this afternoon to get his reaction and those around him to this historic change for Singapore. Young Fa, congratulations. This is a great announcement. It's been a long time coming and lots of campaigning by many people. How does it feel to no longer be a criminal? Good question. Um, a mixture of, uh, first of all, great to be back in the program again and, and how, how, how it feels. I can, I can speak for myself and perhaps on behalf of some uh, colleagues in the community as well. I think many of us are just relieved, absolutely relieved. Uh, for, for some of my colleagues who have been doing this for more than 15 years, well, I can imagine how relieved well, and exhausted they must be, as many of us are relieved and exhausted. And that mixture of perhaps for some of us as well, 
uh, gratitude and hopefulness. So that's the little mix there. Now, it was announced by the Prime Minister in his televised National Day rally speech. Tell us a bit about that speech. Like, what is the significance Mm. of the announcement Mm. at this particular speech? Apparently, it is a big deal. The National Day rally speech as well. Um, uh, Some people have compared it to, well, kind of our version of the US President's State of the Union Address. So to put it in the context, in a a parliamentary system like like ours, um, this is the Prime Minister's uh, biggest policy speech outside of Parliament. It's annual. Um, It's usually held a couple of weeks after National Day. National Day is uh, on the 9th of August. So this usually happens on the last or second to last Sunday of, of August. So it is a big deal. And again, Typically, it's a speech that goes on for hours. He speaks in three of our official languages. And of course, the, the main bulk of it is covered in the English speech. And you attended that rally um, speech. Yeah, when when that was announced, how did the crowd react? I funny you should ask that. I was thinking about how, you know, it was really strange, bizarre, surreal, and yeah, heartwarming. And so it was spontaneous applause. It really was. I really didn't expect it. I mean, the, um, the entire speech was peppered with uh, anecdotes and the usual uh, people who attend or people who tune in kind of know what to expect most times and then they will applaud uh, respectfully appropriate points. But at that very moment when he announced that the government intends to repeal Section 377A of the, the Penal Code and, and the rest of the sentence, uh, he kind of uh, said something along the lines of uh, this will be a relief for gay Singaporean the audience spontaneously applauded. And to dispel any rumours of whether there were prompters or people encouraging applause, there, there, there weren't. It was just very spontaneous audience applause. And I was sitting uh, I was sitting alone. There was somebody else I knew behind me. But the people who were next to me applauded spontaneously as well. And I could kind of overhear some of the things they were saying. They were actually agreeing to what the Prime Minister was saying. At one point, he, uh, he said something along the lines of, before he announced the actual repeal, he said something along the lines of um, gay Singaporeans, uh, our, our family members, our colleagues, our friends, uh, our members of the community. And this kind of middle-aged gentleman, and, and for, I'm in my late 40s, sitting next to him, I felt young. Um, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was nodding and saying, yes, 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 when the prime minister was saying that. So that gave me a kind of a, a, a heartwarming encouraging note that, you no, know, you're regular, I, I call these your middle Singapore, uh, regular Singaporeans kind of understood where the Prime Minister was going with this. So, so that was a really, really nice feeling I had sitting there in the audience. Apart from the fact that I was freezing cold, <laughs> I was starving because I was so nervous I couldn't have lunch or dinner. I knew it was going to be a long speech. I was planning to have a nap before going. I couldn't because I was so anxious. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did ask, Matt. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so it's the repeal of Section 377A, which is the colonial era sodomy laws. What does that change actually mean to an LGBT Singaporean? God, there's always that word, right? Sodomy. Funny you should use that word. And that word actually doesn't appear in the phrasing of free sentiment here. The, the, the term that we have inherited uh, is gross indecency. But wider implications, um, it was put into our uh, statutes in 1938. Uh, Singapore was then still a colony of India. So, of course, we uh, basically inherited the Indian Penal Code, hence the sharing of the numbers 377. But the wider implications of that, certainly since it was put in place since 1938, 
is that even though independent Singapore government had given reassurances in recent years that would not be proactively enforced, but the wider implications are the, the cascading uh, trickle-down effects of a discriminatory law. So, for example, as a social worker work, working in the community, we often see and hear LGBTQ people coming to us and telling us they feel uh, left out or, or denied access in social services, or they don't feel safe enough to walk into the clinic uh, because they're not sure if the professionals, the social service and healthcare professionals are trained or familiar or even able to have conversations with them um, about their healthcare and social service needs. So that's one aspect that's very close to our, our, our work in Uvichaga. And of course, um, a very, very uh, tangible impact is the media guidelines that we still have in place. It's clearly stated uh, a film with, say, um, two adult women kissing will automatically get an, an M. Uh, 18 or, or M15 uh, rating, referring to a need for mature audiences. Uh, whereas this, uh, a different film with a very violent live action sequence, you know, heads flying across the room or, or car wrecks or even uh, sexual violence, that might just have a PG kind of a rating. So that very difference in uh, understanding um, is back to the idea that there shouldn't be positive portrayal of LGBTQ um, quote-unquote lifestyles. So that's another impact. And of course, the other examples we know of will be um, difficulties in accessing very LGBTQ-affirming sexuality education uh, in schools. We hear that from the young people we work with. Um, again, up to, well, maybe up to now, we still know of uh, many young men sitting in classrooms and being told that you know, homosexuality is illegal and uh, there's no mention of safer sex between men, for example. And it's quite often a reality. I have young gay and bisexual men coming to my counseling room. They are maybe in their late teens, early 20s, and they have not had accurate information about protecting themselves uh, from HIV or other uh, infections. Um, so I'll have to whip out my dildo from the cupboard <laughs> and show them how to put on a condom. It's part of the job because yep. they never got around to learning that in class. So I can go on with all these examples, but that really is uh, the kind of reality uh, we have been living in. That's Yang Fa Liao from Singapore's Ugachaga LGBT counselling service with us on Joy 94.9. And coming up, we find out what the Singaporean Prime Minister said that has angered some in the LGBT community. This is World Wide Wave. Joy.org.au. Diversity has a new home. This is Autumn Butter from LGBT Centre of Mongolia, and I'm happy to be on World Wide Wave. They've just achieved decriminalisation. Well, not just achieved, they're about to achieve decriminalisation of homosexuality in Singapore and uh, have some of that freedom which many other countries like ourselves enjoy. Ross is loving it. Ross. Uh, his messages saying, I just wanted to say how happy I am to hear this news and to hear it from my dear old friend, Young Far. You're my hero, mate. Ross, we're going to pass that on to Young Far because he is a, uh, a legend in the uh, Singapore LGBT um, scene and provides a lot of support. Um, I actually, we probably first interviewed him on the show seven, maybe eight years ago, and we've spoken to him many, many times. And I went to a conference in, in um, Cambodia an LGBT conference and uh, happened to be sitting at, we'd never actually met, so I didn't know what he looked like, sat at the same table at lunch and heard his voice and I said, ah, you're young far. And he heard my voice and said, ah, you're Matt. So we've, <laughs> um, we've kept up that connection since then as well. So he is an absolute legend.
Small world. Indeed. We are, of course, talking Singapore tonight. LGBT groups from around the world have applauded the announcement by Singapore's Prime Minister that the law banning same-sex sexual relations would be repealed. Since the government announced a review into the law earlier this year, local religious groups have been campaigning against the changes. Young Fa Liao is the Executive Director of Ugachaga, LGBT counselling service in Singapore, and we asked Young Fa how the general public have received the announcement and how the media have portrayed it. I think generally it's been kind of a neutral slash positive. Uh, certainly within the community, there's a lot of excitement about uh, what this means and that, yes, there's a very clear signal from uh, the government that this is where uh, they, they want us as a community to be, to have that shackle of colonial legislation removed from us. Uh, but again, the road ahead is long, as you know full well in Australia as well. And before you bring up the M word, I will bring it up. And I, I, I just want to... <laughs> uh, I just want to make the point about how uh, when we talk about repeal, in this case, it's about decriminalization. Very, very often, people go from decrim to marriage. That's the M word I was referring to. But I think I just want to highlight the point that, you know, the opposite of criminalization isn't marriage. The opposite of criminalization is protection. So we need to start having those conversations about protection laws to continue protecting minority communities, um, uh, those of us in the LGBTQ community, um, protection um, from workplace discrimination, for example, protection from hate speech. We need to start having those conversations, for example. We, as a country, I don't know whether as a community we, we are ready for equal marriage. Um, that's a, a very personal issue, of course, but as a country, I think it's very clear the signal that Prime Minister has is as a country, we are not yet having conversations about equal marriage as a country, we don't think we are well, ready the, to, to the go. The Prime there. Minister really explicitly called that out mm-hmm. and saying that they would look to ensure that marriage cannot be constitutionally challenged in the courts. So, mm-hmm. and they've reinforced in, in numerous media um, representations mm-hmm. in the last day or so that they support the current view of marriage, which is between a man mm-hmm. and a woman. So they've really, um, whilst making this change that benefits the LGBT community, they've been very forthright in saying there will be no gay marriage. Is that, That's a clear message, yeah. Is that just about perhaps appeasing those religious groups that were uh, campaigning against the change? I've started uh, using a, a, a word I picked up uh, from somebody recently. It's uh, what appeasing. I don't think it's about appeasing and I don't think it's about compromise either. It's about accommodating. Sometimes accommodating different views can be comfortable. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but that's really kind of what it's about, accommodating, yes, conservative views. Um I'm not legally trained, but we know enough about the, the situation of marriage here in Singapore. Currently in Singapore, uh, marriage is defined as between a man and a woman, uh, a, a voluntary union between adult men and adult woman. And again, as it stands, same-sex marriage is not legal in Singapore. It's not illegal. It's not legal. It's in a piece of legislation called the Women's Charter. And again, with uh, the announcement that Prime Minister made on Sunday, that there, there, there are plans not to move marriage into the constitution, but based on announcements, the plan is to uh, insert an amendment in the constitution to clearly define what can or cannot be done to uh, the definition of marriage in a woman's charter. 
So again, the legal experts out there probably will have uh, more to say about this. But as it stands, the way I read it as a non-legal person is it really just makes it very clear for, and I say this uh, hand on my heart, future generations of LGBTQ activists as well, when the day comes that Singapore and the community are ready to talk about equal marriage, it will not be through the courts. Um, as you probably know from um, your experiences or even uh, international experiences, uh, constitutional challenges, court challenges are very resource intensive, very time consuming, and from Singapore's experience, it's rarely, rarely, rarely successful. So the message for the community is don't bother with court challenges, which also means the focus can be elsewhere, engaging with members of parliament, engaging with government. I was reading the, the Home Affairs Minister clarifying that in making this change, it really makes it clear that these changes should be made through the parliament. So is that not shutting the door on marriage equality? It's saying at some point in time, if the parliament decides that's the way to go, then it can come in in Singapore in, in whatever future One day, is. one day, someday. And again, I think there's been headlines uh, flying all over the world and then there's um, language along the line of ban on um, same-sex marriage. Actually, it's not a ban on same-sex marriage. It's just that, well, we've never had it. What the government is going to do is we're not going to have it for a while, uh, but it's not a ban. So, so what's been lifted is the ban on consensual gay sex. When does it actually take effect? I haven't seen it. Question. We okay. actually don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, so so, so, so what, uh, what, what usually happens is, of course, a big policy speech uh, on Sunday, and then from here, Parliament will kick in. Uh, they'll, they'll have a calendar of parliamentary business. There'll be sittings and all that, and, and that's what happens. I mean, we think, I mean, there's no clarity. We think uh, it should happen within months rather than years. I think there was a, a suggestion from the Home Affairs Minister, I think on last night's interview, that I think the term used was within a short time. He wasn't able to give a specific time frame, but again, when, when the minister says short time, we're talking about within months. Speaking from Singapore, that's Young Fa Liao from Uga Chaga LGBT Counselling Service with us on Joy 94.9. It's interesting how um, the, the, the law change is absolutely 100% crystal clear about the decriminalisation of um, sexual relations between men, but the government has had to specifically say it's not going to be it's not going to lead to gay marriage where you know it's nothing to do with gay marriage mm. they've had to call this out yeah and you were talking about religious groups and perhaps they were trying to appease them and i wonder what the breakdown of religions in singapore is um it's a very uh, christian uh oriented a, a lot oh, of the groups is. are christian and fundamentalist christian right. groups and it's a fairly conservative society um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I loved uh, what Young Pa was saying that, you know, the, the definition, you know, the opposite of decriminalisation is not marriage. It's like people are making uh, too often around the world we see um, this muddying of, well, if we, if we give them any rights at all, it'll lead to gay marriage, therefore we shouldn't give LGBT people any rights. Yes, that old chestnut about the thin end. Of the wedge. Absolutely, absolutely. So, pleasingly, at least the government has, uh, you know, um, moved forward on decriminalisation, well and truly overdue. Um, also, I think, you know, the fact that Parliament, they've said this is not a job for, shouldn't be in the Constitution, shouldn't be in the courts, it's a job for Parliament. Mm. 
that does to me sort of say at some point in the future the will of the people might change the politicians might change and they you know therefore the policy can be changed in the future as well but we won't hold our breath <laughs> no, <laughs> the governments I can't hold my breath that long well. yeah i think things uh, move change moves slowly in yes. singapore uh, coming up on Joy 94.9, we ask if this is the end of the fight or just the beginning for Singapore. This is World Wide Wave. Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. In every country... Masculinity here is, is a highly valued prize. And every corner of the world... I'm fighting for rights of LGBT people in Nigeria. Breaking news and current issues. The LGBT community has definitely pulled together here in Orlando. Mixed with stories of everyday people. I'm a gay man. All with one thing in common. They're part of the world's diverse LGBTIQ community. Speaking from Ukraine. Mongolia. In Malaysia. Speaking from France. In South Africa. Uruguay, speaking from Jordan, Slovakia, from South Korea. Every week we bring you stories of the rainbow community across the globe. This is World Wide Wave. You're on the show that takes you around the globe one queer story at a time, Worldwide Wave. A special hello to everybody listening to us on podcast. You can subscribe to receive our podcast automatically either at uh, joy.org.au forward slash Worldwide Wave or on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave us a review. Now, you're going to see a new name floating around to do with Joy. Uh, there's a few little changes going on here to reflect the changes that are happening at Joy. You're going to see Joy Media more. Uh, there has been a trend over many years for media companies to do more than just, uh, you know, their original core business, and Joy's on that journey as well. So we do, um, you know, things like video production and training and all sorts of things beyond just radio. So you're going to see the name Joy Media. You're going to see the name Joy Academy which is our training services uh, in a lot of um, inclusive, um, uh, you know, workplace practices, things like that. And Joy Gigs, where we do outside broadcast events and audio and visual technical services, like we went up and live streamed um, the Dalesford uh, Chill Out Festival this year, those sorts of things. So, yeah, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's very exciting, a part of our journey into a multimedia media company here at Joy. From coming out to reaching out, fighting for change or battling to be heard. These are the stories of the diverse rainbow community from across the globe. Coming to you from Australia's LGBTIQ radio station, Joy. We're celebrating with Singapore tonight following the announcement that same-sex relations will no longer be criminalised. A friend of the show, Young Fa Liao, the Executive Director of Ugachuga Counselling Service in Singapore, has been explaining how the Section 377 Gross Indecency Laws have perpetuated a kind of shame on LGBT people in the community. Uh, while recognising that this law change goes a long way towards improving that, we asked Young Fa if more needs to be done to change hearts and minds towards greater acceptance in Singapore. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just because the government has announced repeal, it doesn't mean that the, the work of all the community groups just stops overnight. I think if anything, it's a reminder for us, uh, members of the community, whether it's professionals or volunteers or just day-to-day regular people to, to continue stepping up. Maybe after Sunday night, more conversations are happening across the breakfast and dinner table. Uh, maybe uh, as we speak, there are more plans for our resources, funds, volunteers to be mobilized to do more things. That needs to go on. And that's a good old 
fashion, uh, boots on the ground, community work and outreach that needs to continue. And I'm quite sure uh, as we plod along over the next few weeks, months and years, there will be more community groups, diverse groups coming up. Uh, and, and, and that's what excites me, you know, new generations of um, call them activists or advocates or volunteers or just community workers, more resources flowing in, making it more exciting and more needs will be met, hopefully, and more conversations to be had as well. And what about other laws? So this is obviously one huge step, but uh, <laughs> one law discrimination. Time, under- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but are, are there, <laughs> are there others on your... years to get here. <laughs> I don't know if we're in a hurry to go looking through our statutes. I could go, where next? I mean, I speak in jazz, but also personally speaking. So I mean, I've not, uh, to be fair, I've not directly been involved in any of the... Um, constitutional challenges, but I've seen how it's taken such a, a, a lot of time and effort and energy from um, friends in the legal teams. But of course, um, my chair, uh, Brian, is one of the plaintiffs as well, one of the recent constitutional cases. The emotional toll it takes on people involved, clearly it's important at the same time. It does come at a cost, whether it's financial cost, emotional cost, time, even even for the rest of us working in the community, all that time that we spend on media, on attending meetings, briefing ministers and coordinating and doing all that, it's time taken from doing something else. I mean, between you and me and all your listeners as well, I just want to free up my schedule to be able to go and sit in a room and have my counseling sessions with people who are waiting to have an appointment with us, not just myself, but our counsellors and volunteers as well. That's the work that we want to do. That's the work that Ukechaga was set up to do with a very direct community contact, not belittling the importance of constitutional challenges and advocacy and meeting with ministers. It's a mix. Uh, yeah, so I'm not in a hurry to, to, to go pick on other bits of legislation. <laughs> not yet. Maybe ask me again in a year's time. <laughs> or more. Do you think from Ukachaga's point of view, from a counselling point of view, that this sort of um, heightened profile might actually, you know, lead to more more calls, more inquiries, more people coming forward and Certainly. coming out? Certainly. Uh, if anything, it's given us a lot more visibility. Uh, that's one. Uh, any publicity is good publicity, right? And of course, there's a very real uh, effect of uh, there's a lot more awareness of support. If you, uh, a gradual uh, uh, increase in awareness of uh, or willingness to talk about issues, whether it's personal issues, relationship issues, and, and seeking help and support for that. I mean, something, one of the many things we've learned over two and a half, three years of the, of the pandemic is that the mental health of our community has really taken a hit. And and, and not just for Ugichaga as well, but a lot of our counterparts, uh, mainstream mental health uh, services, counseling services, we've seen long waiting lists for appointments and sessions so, so that's that's what i was referring to earlier we just want to get back and do that direct work with the people we we, we care about and want to continue supporting so so yes um there will be we, we do expect an increase in uh, demand on our services uh, sustained demand if anything um this year 2022 i'm just looking at stats for the first six months of the year we we, we still are operating above pre-pandemic levels we had our busiest ever year in 2020 it had a, uh, tapered down a bit uh, last year, 21, but still way above uh, 2019 figures. This year, it looks to be the same as well. We are kind of uh, leveling off on high demand on our services. So you won't be out of a job anytime soon. 
Unfortunately, I mean, it's one of those things uh, we, we sometimes joke about as social workers, right? Maybe listeners out there who work in the social care uh, profession will understand. Uh, on the one hand, uh, we want to work ourselves out of a job. In the perfect world, we shouldn't need to do the job that we do, but we know we don't work in a perfect world. So sadly, we might still have uh, work waiting for us. Well, it is good news for now. Young Faliao, the Executive Director of the Ugachaga LGBT Counselling Service in Singapore. Congratulations and thanks so much for joining us on Worldwide Wave. Thank you for having me. Great, great news. Great excitement. Um, I also love the excitement about that next generation, that this this change might trigger something, might open things up a bit more, might allow more dialogue. It is one of those... Um, you know, what I'd call the most basic rights, the right to, you know, just exist legally in a, in a country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I, I share, I think, Young Far's view that um, the next generation, they'll, they'll have a different approach, a different cause. They'll want to take things forward in their own way as well. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, also, completely agree with him. The time and effort and toll that's uh, involved for the people that do stand up, and you know, we, we saw that here with marriage equality as well. Um, you know, after the the uh, success of the marriage equality debate here, a lot of those activists just had to stop, just had to step back. Um, you know find their own lives again because they were kind of living this whole issue for so long. Mm, mm. So, um, uh, you know, we certainly tip our hat to uh, the activists that have, you know, taken forward court cases and had all those meetings. And Yes, huge commitment and great um, dedication on their part. I think the um, I think the area that I, I I wonder there's two things that I noticed actually just this afternoon. Um, uh, one of the ministers, the minister that's responsible for the media guidelines, Young Fa was talking about the um, media guidelines earlier on. Uh, that minister has already come out and said that it will that the guidelines won't change. So clearly they're trying to um, you know box in the. Um, how far this uh, uh, this particular change to decriminal to remove section three seven seven, trying to you know make sure it doesn't go too far no. that people will start to you know arc up about changes being made. Mm, that thin end of the wedge again. Mm, yes, mm. and and I'm sure there there will still be. Look, I, I think with these things, once it actually happens and people see that the the world doesn't you know the sky is not going to fall. Mm. Um, life will be a bit easier, but we're still in that sort of change period where there's been an announcement. They know it's coming, but it's not all done and dusted. And um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll watch over the next few months and uh, and pop a champagne cork for everybody in Singapore when it does actually go through. Mm. Um, but, yes, hopefully that's the start of things, and particularly in that area of healthcare that Young Fa was talking about. So if you're... Um, uh, afraid of accessing healthcare if you're afraid of not telling your health professional all they need to know about you to you know give you the right support that can cause lots of problems and we saw that um, you know in the uh, HIV um, epidemic so um, hopefully these sorts of things will be able to open things up a bit in Singapore for the rainbow community there mm, let's hope yeah Listen live or on demand from wherever you are in the world. Stream us live on joy.org.au or subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform to World Wide Wave. 
This is Dede Utomo from Kaya Nusantara in Surabaya, Indonesia, speaking on World Wide Way. Receive LGBT news from around the world throughout the week. Like World Wide Wave on Facebook now. A huge thank you and a hearty congratulations to our friends in Singapore, Young Fa Liao, the Executive Director of Ugachaga LGBT Counselling Service. You can find out more about their great work at ugachaga.com. And we want to thank everybody who sent us messages by Facebook, Richard, Jennifer, Hoffler, Liz, and there's a heap more who've joined or interacted with us on Facebook this past week. That's W3Joy on Facebook. And our fabulous behind-the-scenes team too, our podcaster Peter and social media master Dean. We'll be back next week with more World Wide Wave. Thanks for listening to another podcast from World Wide Wave, the show that takes you around the globe one country at a time. World Wide Wave is the international news and current affairs show on Australia's LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. You can listen live every Tuesday night on 94.9 FM in Melbourne and online at joy.org.au. You'll find all our podcasts at joy.org.au slash worldwidewave or follow us on Facebook for the latest international LGBT news Search W3Joy on Facebook now. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.